0: Amen? I say, it's good. You know, uh, a lot of times we're under the impression that, you know, I don't know where we get these mindsets, you know, that that uh, if I really went after God with passion, it wouldn't be good. You know, uh, I think the teenagers, you know, struggle with that mentality a lot, that, that, you know, there's some good things out there, but if I serve God, I'm going to miss it. No, there. if you connect to God, he's going to connect you to the good things, right? But not everything that's good in life is easy. See, and we're under the impression, too, that if it's God, then it should be simple. Well, that's not right. You know, we we promise people, you know, in our effort, in our endeavor to win the lost, we tell them that if they'll come to Jesus, that they'll have peace and joy and love And, you know, that fruit is viable, and that's great, but that's really not why you should come to Jesus. You don't come, you know, uh, the promise, according to the Word of God, one of the things that's promised is tribulation. Thank you for that incredible response. Uh, uh, You know, challenge, warfare. Why don't you tell them the truth? Let us pray. (laughs) I, I mean, come on, guys. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that there's love, joy, and peace, but you don't get that, you know, in life, in life, Jesus said, in this, in this life, there shall be tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if you're in Christ, you are a world overcomer. Now, in that statement alone, there's a couple of facts you got to wrap your brain around. And number one is that if you're in Christ, you're, you have the right, the power, the freedom to walk in victory, right? I think that's part of the life that God's trying to get us to is a life of victory. But if you are a world overcomer, then there's going to be some junk you're going to have to overcome. And I mean, there's just a reality you've got to deal with that life ain't always going to be easy. Good demands a fight. Anything good's going to require effort on your part. It ain't going to just be pie in the sky. Everything's dropping out and being all kind of cool, and Ed McMahon's chasing you down the street trying to get that check in your hand. No, there's some warfare going on, but the fact of the matter is you're a vic- victorious conqueror. So go, don't be afraid to fight for it. You know, don't look for the easy thing in life, but realize God's bringing you some good stuff, but there's going to be some great opposition that comes along with it. You might as well get ready. Amen. We, we didn't take Jesus so that we'd have a more enjoyable flight. We took Jesus and we connected to God so that we'd have an eternity with him instead of burning in hell. Come on. You know, the condition that we were found in, we had sinned, and not necessarily against one another. We had sinned against God. David said, David in one act broke all the Ten Commandments, you know, but when he confessed and dealt with it, he went to God and he said, against you and you only have I sinned. You know what? We're in, in our state of humanity without God and without the blood of Jesus on our life. We are, we are in huge trouble when, when it comes to an eternal picture until we accept relationship with God through his son Jesus and, uh, you know, and, and realize that, uh, hey, life's still going to be life. ain't going to just get all puffy because you prayed a sinner's prayer. He has shown you what is good. He is not showing you what is easy. And then it goes on and it says, and what does the Lord require of thee? Look at it. Require, not suggest. What does he require? There are some requirements if you're going to get the thing that's good. Well, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. You just keep thinking that, and you're going to live without it for the rest of your life. There are some things that are required of you. Do justly. Love mercy and walk humbly with God. Walk with God. You understand the 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 awesome invitation here. Walk with God. You know what would happen? If the phone rang this afternoon, and on the other end of the line there was a voice there, and it and it qualified itself, and it and it and it, and it told you tomorrow at one o'clock in the afternoon you have been invited. To walk with the president and some of his staff and they're going to go down the street in a particular part of town and you've been invited to come stand next to the president and walk with him man I'll tell you what whether you like the president or not you get yourself ready you get you you get your you know your hair done you brush your teeth the first time in two weeks and you go out and you find yourself in, in the opportunity to walk with the president and you call people up and tell them bring cameras But God has invited you to walk with him every day and we have to struggle with ourselves to get ourselves up out of bed. Why? Because we do not understand the invitation that has been offered to us. God is offering to walk with you every single day he doesn't want you taking a step that's not with him he has he has invited you on a walk and the walk that God has called you to is not a common everyday walk he's called you to a supernatural uh, journey and I tell you what we need to open up our eyes and, and start walking with God Amen. Amos 3.3 tells us that in order to walk with God, we've got to be in agreement with God because how can two walk together except they be agreed? So what we need to do to prepare for this walk is we need to start asking God, show me the areas of my life where I'm in disagreement with your word. Come on, right? Show me. I'm praying that God keeps us up at night, that he wakes us up early and points out areas of our lives where we're in disagreement with his word. I want to know. I don't want to go through life in disagreement with his word. To, to be in agreement with God is to be in agreement with his word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. There is a reason I believe that God formed the, the shell that your spirit lives in out of the dirt is because his word is seed. And when he sows that seed into you, into this dirt, it can take root, and it can grow up and produce fruit. And I need to get in agreement with his word not with what somebody said not with what somebody thought but in agreement with the word of god come on remember in Matthew 15 last week we talked about it a little bit and they got upset with jesus because the disciples weren't washing their hands and, and 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 pharisees who were experts in the law came to him and said your guys are breaking the traditions of the elders. Well, you've got to remember there's a huge difference between the traditions of the elders and the law. Hello? You know, many of us have been taught denominational uh, teaching, and denominational teaching isn't evil, it just ain't always Bible. Right? It's not that it ain't bad or that it isn't good, it's that it doesn't usually matter. You know, be careful. Don't get too upset. Uh, But there's stuff that we fight for. I mean, we'll fight for certain things. They don't mean nothing. You know, if if you join a bowling league, they might have requirements that you have to, you know, agree to. You know, and you end up with a bowling shirt with your name on it. You end up with the bowling shoes. Those are always lovely. You, you, you got that, you know, the double ball bag. You got the, the you know, two balls drilled different ways. You've got, you, you've got the, your, your bowling towel. You got that little thing you slide your hand into so it holds it just perfectly so that you can hold Pepsi's without even gripping. It's awesome. And you got all the gear. You still can't bowl, but you got the stuff. And a lot of us, we got all the T-shirts and we got all the bumper stickers and we got all the cute little sayings. We're still not Christians because of that. We're just part of a denominational uh, agreement. Hello, somebody. It ain't good, ain't bad. It just, it just don't matter. And what's crazy is that our mentality, see, it is common for men to latch on to that stuff and make a big issue out of that because for some reason it jives with how we think. But it doesn't necessarily have any biblical foundation. It might have biblical influence because uh, we think it has to do with holiness. But the fact of the matter is, is that those things aren't issues of holiness. They're just denominational beliefs. And, and it's fine. You know, I, I have people that, so there are certain individuals who are, who are totally freaked out that we're going to play Texas Hold'em in the church. What if we played it in the parking lot? It would be okay. But in the church, it's unholy. It ain't got nothing to do with holiness. The fact of the matter is we have over 200 men coming to this thing this afternoon. And if we weren't playing Texas Hold'em in the church, we wouldn't have the opportunity to sow the seed into the men. Hello? Hello? We're not all going to die and go to hell because we broke out a deck of cards. But you know what's nuts is that if your heart begins to, you know, takes a seed of resentment because that's against your denominational thing, and and now you, you get bitter, now that will disqualify you with God. Things working, right? Okay. Just making sure some of you look at me like you like he can't hear me. Don't let don't let yourself get bitter. Right? That'll mess you up. I said that'll mess you up. Get in agreement with God. It's it doesn't make any difference if you want to hang to your traditional belief as long as it's not in disagreement with God's word. See, so you should be able to trace any action if you go backwards. Uh, You know, uh, a destination is the result of a character and character is the result of emotions and emotions are the result of of uh, thoughts and thoughts are the results of words and words are. are, Hello, somebody. If if it doesn't if you take your, uh, you know, your character or or action and go backwards and don't run into the word of God, then you should change that action so that it lines up with the word of God. That's what I'm saying is let's get an agreement. With the word of God, Amen. Look at your neighbor, and say Amen. Amen. Jeez, okay, thank you. Um, you got you got an enemy who's doing everything he can see to 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 pull you off the the trail that God's carved out for you because God is leading you to a place uh, where you're going to have a collision. What destiny? Destiny's called you. Hell's hunting you. Fellowship's going to protect you, and your your relationship with God, your fellowship with God, will keep you on track. But you have an enemy who's very gifted at uh, causing mankind to wander off the trail, right at the most opportune moment, so that they miss what God's really doing, and they're focused on, I think the Message Bible last week called it uh, sideshow distractions, and we get our eyes on sideshow distractions and miss what God's really trying to do, really trying to connect us to, and and we're off the trail right at the wrong moment, and uh, and that is common, that is normal, that is how mankind lives. John 10.10 Jesus said, uh, the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, this, this is not a common life that uh, Jesus has come to connect you to. This is an abundant to the full till it overflows kind of life. Hello, somebody. God, God is leading you. Jesus has made available to you a, a life that is an enjoyable life, and it is an abundant life. It is a to the full till it overflows kind of life. And when we connect to that, now all of a sudden, instead of making a dent in hell, we're going to humiliate hell. Okay? Instead of being intimidated by a defeated enemy, we're going to rise up and become intimidated to that little sucker, and we're going to show him who's really in control. Hello. Hello. God's calling us to to this incredible place, but you got to remember that your enemy is trying to get you out of alignment because he don't need you having that abundant, overflowing life. He's doing what he can to separate you from it. And so he's doing all that stuff that, that, that gets in your heart, that has the ability to come out. Again, going back to Matthew 15, remember, it listed all the things that actually come out of a man's heart. And it says, these are the things which can defile a man. Everybody say defile. The word defile means make common or render unholy. So, you know, here's what the enemy wants to do is he wants to make you a common man or woman. He just wants you to be normal, average, common. Common is unholy. Okay? Holy, holiness ain't got nothing to do with the hoops you jump through. Holiness has to do with the connection that you have in relationship with God. Holiness has to do with your, your anointing and the fact that you are on track with destiny. And you got an enemy that's trying to make you common. And we have a mentality that's fighting to, to, to fit into that common realm. Think about it. You, you know, the kids, when they're going through school, what do they want? They just want to fit in. What happens when you get a new job? You just try to find some way to fit in. You know, hit churches all across the country doing what we can to fit into the community. The problem is, God didn't call us to fit in, He called us to stand out. You know, not in some weird, freaky kind of way, but in a, in a victorious, supernatural, abundant that life that Jesus is calling you to. That's not a common life. That's a life that stands out, man. That's a life of abundance to the top till it overflows. Life now that stands out in comparison to what everybody else is experiencing. Hello, everybody say that's a good life. Okay, that's a good life when when uh, you, everything that's coming your way, man, it looks like. It looks like trouble's coming, but yet you have so much in you that there's an abundance ability to go right through it, and you got more than enough to make it through any situation. you got more peace, more joy, more wisdom, more strength, more insight, more revelation than you know what to do with. Why? Because I live a life that is abundant to the full till it overflows. That is uncommon. I really don't think you want to fight to be normal. You need to deal with this mentality. You do not need to fight to be normal. Guys, over 200 of us are going to meet together today at Texas night. But the average church attender in America today, millions of people across the nation in church today, the average church attender today is a 56-year-old female. Guys, you really want to fight to be normal? Now, if you're a 56-year-old female, I don't mean to be offensive to you. You should be a 56-year-old female because that's what you are. But I don't think the rest of us want to become an average church attender. And it says something about the church in America when the average church attender is a 56-year-old female. Where are the men? Well, we're going to get the men back. Somebody say amen. 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 The average marriage in America ends in divorce. Sure you want to fight for average? Just want to have a common, common household. Well, the common household in America has 2.6 members. Most families prefer their children to be whole. Sure you want to be common? The average American, dude, you, you have no idea. You, you, go, you do a study. They, they, they've done this over and over. And it is huge, the amount of people who believe in God. Okay? In America, everybody, almost everybody believes in God. 90% of the Americans surveyed owned a Bible. 90%. You got to realize, that Bible, that's still the top seller. Nothing outsells the word of God, nothing. 90% of Americans own a Bible. Only 50% of those people, but average, could name a gospel. 10% of those actually believed that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Come on, guys. You don't want to be normal. You don't want to be common. That's what the enemy's trying to do is to suck you down into that realm where you just like everybody else. You don't want to be like everybody else. The high life isn't the life everybody else is living. Man, we got got to go after the high life. We have to get after this thing so that we can walk with God, so that we can stand out. And there are a few things that you do not need to, to walk an uncommon walk. And uh, you know, and I want to talk for a couple of minutes this morning about stuff you don't need because I think really some, some of us and many many people we know are fighting and struggling for things that they don't need. You know how much time you could save if you let God tell you not what you should start doing, but what you should stop doing. You're doing all kinds of stuff. God didn't tell you to do it. He ain't requiring it of you. You could save a lot of time if you just stop that. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. Have you ever heard this scripture? I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Well, if it's God's plan to prosper you and you're not prospering, could I submit that maybe you're just outside of God's plan? Well, how did I get outside of God's plan? By doing stuff he didn't tell you to do. Hey, if the enemy cannot prevent you, he simply promotes you. It, okay, let me, let me come at this just a second. If the enemy can't get you to live in poverty, then he'll give you just enough prosperity, just a little bit more prosperity than you have character to handle. Why? Because that'll kill you. He'll just move you ahead. If you won't just stand still, then he'll just move you ahead. When you came to God, if he couldn't prevent you from connecting to God, if he couldn't keep you out of church, then he'll have you so busy in church that you missed the point of church. Hello? Well, there's all kinds of stuff going on. You know, look at the church calendar. Yeah, well, that don't mean that you have to be at all of it. There's just enough going. You know, I don't have three services. I'll share this with you. Uh, You know, we don't have multiple services. It was not our intent simply to make room for people. No, no, I I didn't care if if 15% came to one service. We just wanted multiple opportunities. Why? So that you would not have an excuse not to. Right. We're doing all kinds of things so that there's something that you'll connect to and maybe begin to grow. Right. See, there's all kinds of stuff going on in your world. You could stop right now and it would it would amaze you that it's not what you need to do to connect to the blessing. A lot of times it's usually what you need to stop. You know, Tony Cook, how many of you enjoyed Tony when he was here? I love Tony Cook. Tony Cook asked me, he, he ministers to all kinds of pastoral leadership teams, and, and he asked me, he said, what is your response when people ask you? Uh, because this is an uncommon church. you understand that? Three years, have six, 700 people coming to church this is uncommon. This is not normal. Okay, what, what do you say to people when, when they say, what, what are you doing to make this happen? And I said, it's not what we're doing, it's what we don't do that makes this happen. What are you doing to prevent it? What are you it's not what you know what do I need to do to get the blessing of God let me ask you this question what do you need what are you doing that's preventing the blessing of God because God's blessing is flowing you're doing something that is causing you to not be in the place where that blessing's at how do you stop that hello you with me feel me okay here's some things you you do not need things you do not need to walk an uncommon walk you ready number one First thing you do not need, make sure you understand, you do not need this. So you can quit praying for it, quit fighting for it, quit striving for it. What do you not need? One, more power. You do not need more power. Same power that raised Christ from the dead is now alive and well inside of you. You don't need more power. You do not need more power. Look at your neighbor and say, you do not need more power. Oh, come on, you got to eat it, I need more power. Some of you need more caffeine. (laughs) But you do not need more power. If you tapped into the power that you possess, you'd blow the lips right off the front of your face. You have plenty of power. Look, Look at this scripture. Go to Matthew 11, verse 4. And it's important that you see this too. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. Remember that you gotta hear it, not, not listen. You gotta hear it, you gotta understand. Mark 424, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. You gotta have understanding. Let me ask this question. What has the power to set you free? According to the Word of God, John 8, 31, 32. What has the power to set you free? See, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And a lot of people think the truth has the power to set you free. No. No, listen again. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What has the power to set you free? The truth. Uh. Uh-uh. Listen again. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, what is that? The knowledge of the truth. It's not the truth. It's the knowledge of the truth. Because here's the deal. The truth has been here. 2,000 years, and many people are still in bondage. Why? They have no knowledge of the truth. It is your knowledge of the truth that makes you free. So you've got to hear and understand, and then you're going to begin to see. When you understand the power that you possess, you'll begin to see that power in operation. And what will that power do? Look at verse 5. Jesus said, if you hear and see it, then this is it. The blind will see, the lame will walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf will hear, dead will be raised up, and the poor will have the gospel preached to them. Guys, how many of you know if you're blind and sight comes, you are going to have a white hanky moment? Okay? If you're a leper and you get cleansed, you're going to dance around a little bit. Right? If you're a lame guy walking, you're probably going to walk with God. Hello. What is it? Well, specific needs will be met. Notice it does not say that the lame shall see, the blind shall be cleansed, the deaf shall walk, and the dead will, what, have the gospel preached to them. Why? Because the power that's in operation inside of you is meeting specific needs. You... You don't give sight to a deaf guy. He's got it. He he doesn't need more. He's got it. Wherever there is lack, the gospel comes and eradicates the lack. So whatever area of your life is in lack, look what it says. Poor is not financially destitute. Poor is a condition of considerable lack. How you know, there's areas of your life that you're in considerable lack it's all right to admit it you might as well everybody else knows it so you can admit this area of considerable lack what do I need to do to eradicate the lack get the gospel I need more gospel I do not need more power I need more gospel so you're praying for power but God needs you to get into the gospel so that you can use the power you got the gospel is going to be the, the the release of the power in your life. You need the gospel. You do not need a denominational teaching. You need the gospel. Amen? So number two, what do I not need to walk an uncommon walk? You do not need a super spiritual attitude. You got a shirt and it says, they call me spooky. It's weird. You start walking with God, and people start thinking you've got to be some kind of a spiritual freak. Man, I tell you what, spiritual freaky people don't usually, man, you don't have to worry about them get coming in and taking over the church. They can't stand me. I drive them nuts. It's like a natural gift I flow in. I just irritate them to pieces. Being very kind with my words this morning, Is drive them crazy. And the, the, the deal is is flaky people are flaky people. God didn't call you to be flaky. He called you to be effective. I mean, you don't need to have some super spiritual attitude. You need to have an appetite, a passion to connect to God, to let God be relevant in your life. You, I said you need an appetite for God. You got to get hungry for God. Somebody shout Amen. You know, here's the deal. Look at this. Luke 5, 1. Luke 5, 1, it says this. It says, It occurred while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear. What were they, they pressed in to hear to understand the gospel? Gay, okay, I want to hear. Look at verse 5. We know this story pretty well. In verse 5, Peter answered and said, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. But on the ground of your word, I'm going to lower the net again. You know the story. They went out. The catch almost sank the boat. They had to call to the partners. The partners showed up, almost sank their boat too. They had done what they always did but got a result that they had never gotten before. How'd they do that? They did it on the ground of his word. God's not trying to change, you know, what you do for a living. He's trying to change the results you get in life. So I'm going to do what I always do, but I'm, the, I'm it's gonna, it's gonna, you can trace it back to his word. And when I do what I do based upon his word, I get a result that I ain't never gotten before. Hello, can you see it? The, 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 some of us think to walk in the spirit, you know, that I'm going to have to get a long flowing dress and, and have, you know, feather dust coming off of me everywhere I go. And, and, no, 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 no. Now, I just walk through life, but now anointed by the power of God's word. I got a working understanding of what God said. I get it. Now, since I got his word activated in my life, I'm getting results that you can't get separated from his word. So now I ain't just got life. I got an enjoyable life. I don't just have an enjoyable life. I have an abundant to the full till it overflows kind of life going on up in here. Why? Because I'm walking with God in agreement with his word. Come on. Man, I'm telling you, God's wanting to mess you up for good. He he is wanting to take you to a level of life. you got to backslide to go to bed at night. You're just so excited about what's going on. You ain't running from battles. You're running into them. Why? Because you know that every battle is tied to a victory, and I can't wait to get my hands on another victory. Hello, somebody. Don't you think it's weird that Jesus came so that Christians could be depressed? What is that? You know, most of my life in the church, people look like they've been sucking on pickles for their, their total existence. It's like if, if we enjoy church, there must be something of sin in there. That's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, come on, guys. We we, we are we are connected to the source, the giver of life. And it, hell's doing everything can to separate you from life. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8, 1, most of us can, can we, we can quote it, but we, I don't know if we really understand it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Hey, there is no condemnation. The Bible says if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence in, with God. Well, you know, don't you get it? That's what hell wants to do is shake your confidence in God. So if he, if how does he take your confidence in God? By bringing condemnation into your heart. See, the devil can tell you stuff about you. He can't say nothing about God. You already know God's pretty much cool. So how's he going to shake your confidence in God? By putting condemnation in your heart. So if he can make you think that you're a loser, then you'll lose confidence in God because you'll think that God's promises are based on you. You think holiness is an issue that you obtain. You couldn't live good enough to be holy. Come on, guys. The only only chance you have of living holy is is if we put you in a coma. And then you're probably going to think the wrong thought. How are we going to get you through here holy? Well, you're going to have to have a relationship with Jesus. And you're not walking in the flesh, but walk in the spirit. Don't get freaky. See, if the enemy can't keep you from walking in the spirit, then he'll He'll promote you. He'll push you to a level that you walk in the Spirit, you, you think that you should be floating in the air. Ooh. That you just get so bizarre that nobody wants to be near you. Come on. You can go to conferences. You can have celebrations. You, you, can, you can run through the room, and, and, and you don't even need to stick with a banner on it. We just tie it to your long ponytail, and you can just be super spiritual. That's not what God's trying to do in your life. Now, if you got a long ponytail and you tie a banner in it and you like to dance around naked to worship songs, do it at home. Hey, Amen? You should see Keith's long ponytail that he breaks out at home. It's crazy. I'm going to keep going. Let me tell you the third thing you do not need, the third thing you do not need to walk an uncommon walk. You do not need seven dreams, four prophecies, and an epistle written in your name. You said, Well, isn't that a spiritual, super spiritual? No, Su- super spiritual attitude is to get funky weird, but many of us think in order to really walk with God that He's going to have to like uh, move the heavens and the earth and write our name in the stars. No, no. Hey, all you need to do is hear God. You just need the ability to hear God. How are you going to walk with God, be in agreement with God, if you can't even hear God? You know, Isaiah 30, 21 says, Your ears, everybody say your ears. Matter of fact, let's change that. Say my ears. ears. Okay, because he's talking to you. Your ear, my ear, is going to hear a word behind me. Saying this is the way, walk in it, whenever you're going to turn to the left or the right. What does that say to you? God don't want you walking into situations blind. You know, he'll tell you, he'll tell you which direction to go if, you know, if you'll listen. You know, in order to see something, what is the first thing you must do? Look. I want to see somebody coming. What must I do? Look. So I can see them coming. You want to hear? What must you do? Listen. Here's a question for you. This really isn't all that deep, but yet it's quite profound. Are you listening for God? I'm telling you every day God's trying to speak into your environment every day, through His word, He can talk to you. you know I believe he's talking to you right now, using me as 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 a as a voice into your life, but you can't you know you can't get real deep relationally with God if the only time you hear from him is if I'm talking. There'll be a word behind me saying this is the way. Let God talk to you. Look at Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice. Well, I'm a little bit nervous when I get around people who talk to God. I'm a little bit nervous when I get around people who don't. Let God speak to you. Now realize there are some things you need to truly hear God, and, and and you you need to silence all the other voices. You you know what? You got to train your ears to hear. You got to train your ears to hear God. Not every voice sounding off in your head is God. Some of it is God talking to you. Train yourself to hear God. Be listening for His direction. You know how would I do that? Well why don't you ask him to give direction before you make a decision? Instead of always going to God, asking him to fix this mess, why don't you ask him what to do before you make another mess? Crazy idea, huh? And as you train your ear to hear God, re- realize that you might need to submit those thoughts, those those. Considerations to other people, remember destiny's called you, hell's haunting you, fellowship will protect you. who do you got in your life that you can bring in you know you need a relationship with some people that, and i 'm not talking about the whole church fall I 'm talking about two or three people that you can that you can build trust in that you can demonstrate trust by demanding debate uh, you know because again, people they get kind of weird because well, God told me to do this. How do you, how do you, you can't speak to that anymore. You you know, when you come to me and you say, well, God told me to do such and such, what am I supposed to say? I mean, I've tried different approaches. You know, I'm sort of blunt, sort of. Uh, I've I've tried different things. People come and say, God told me to do this, and I'll say, liar. And that usually offends them. Look, can't do that. You know how, how do we how do we do it? Because you know when you say God told me to do this, I, who are we to argue with God? God told me to you know to kill that guy. Later, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, uh, submit that until you know because you got to learn, you got to grow on this thing. You know God ain't gonna tell you anything that don't line up with His word. So hook up with people who know His word and say, what do you think about this? This is what I'm thinking. I think God might have said this to me. And start learning to hear God. You want an uncommon walk? Well, then you're going to have to listen. But you want to make sure that what you're listening to is the right voice. And if you've ever asked this state, this question, if you ever say, well, I'm not sure if it's God or the devil, then you are not good enough yet. You might want to spend a little bit more time listening so that you learn God's voice because if you can't tell the difference between God and the devil, you've been spending too much time listening to the devil. So now it's time to start listening to God, lining it up, making sure that's God. And pretty soon, you'll understand because you'll know more and more and more about his character and about his nature, and you'll know that's what he said. And and you'll get to where God can actually say, turn left, and you will turn left. Why? Because you heard it. you know how exciting it's going to be for for some of us to to wake up in the middle of the night and hear God saying, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. Just don't stop. Don't quit. Because you're thinking about quitting. You know, you, you know I mean, picture it. You, you go to bed one night and you're going to quit a certain thing in your life. You're going to quit your job because you're frustrated and you just can't find promotion. And in the middle of the night, God says, don't quit. Don't quit. Let me work. Oh, now you got a word from God. Now you got a confidence to go back to work on. Now you got something that you're walking into that situation and you ain't just got life. But you got abundance to the full till it overflows life operating now. Why? Because I heard God. I heard him. You know, incredible things happen when we heard correctly. It's not, let let me just close with this thought. Faith is not simply believing regardless of circumstance. Faith is obeying regardless of consequence. Okay? Walking with God is to walk in agreement with God. To be in agreement with God is to be in obedience to God. Right? Uh, Delayed obedience is immediate disobedience. Partial obedience is total disobedience. But I got to tell you something. It's a lot easier to be in obedience when you have the confidence that you've actually heard God. You feel me? It's one thing to read it. But when you hear God say, as you start taking that step, and you hear it, you hear him in your spirit. You hear him say, that's good. Oh, man. There are some things in life that you can't really find the Scripture to back you up on. I mean, in general, it's the idea. Fundamentally, it's biblically correct, but... But, you know, to do this thing, you know, when Shelby and I started the church, we prayed with people. We had a group of people who we were thinking about moving to Oregon. And, and, and we're praying with other people and, and we're starting to hear something. And we submit it to them and we demand debate and we kick it around and we look at it. And then when, when it came time to start, I think, I think really in reality is, is that when, when we heard, when, when, when we knew, when we heard God, now nothing can talk us out of it. nothing. Why? Because I don't think I've heard. Now I know. Now I know I've heard. You know the change that can produce in your world? When you get ready to do something and you can say, now I know. Now I know. Now where hell used to shake you, you look back and say, nice try. <laughs> loser. And instead of you being the loser, he the enemy is. You're demonstrating his defeat. Why? Because you got life enjoyable life, abundance in the full till it overflows life. Why? Because I heard God say, that's what I got. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, and let me pray with you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. I want to sing uh, the God of the City one more time. I, I, I want to prophesy. Greater things are coming. But I want to ask you here today, if you're here, how are you going to walk with God If you don't know God, it's going to be very difficult to have that effective, enjoyable, abundant life if you haven't connected to the giver of life. If you're here today and you need relationship with God, we're not, we're not going to uh, you know, we're not going to do anything weird. You've already heard me talk about that. We're, but the, the deal is you got to have that first don't want you coming to church to, you know, learn good manners and have attendance, you know, stars on your account. No, we want relationship. If you're here today and you're out of relationship with God and you know you need God, you know you need God. Every head's bowed, eyes are closed. Just lift your hand up and say, Pastor Tom, that's me. I need God. I need him in my life. I need to get that right. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. I want God in my life. You can put it back down again. That's good. Anybody else? Thank you. Okay. We're all going to pray a prayer, but at the end of that prayer, everybody look at me for a minute. When we start singing, will you guys do me a favor? Just everybody stand up and get ready. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to make this thing happen here. But we're closing. We're done. We're on time. We're going to make it late. But if you raise your hand this morning, you realize it's not the end, it's only the beginning. And maybe you've made this prayer before and you're just doing kind of recommitting. Listen, uh, you've you got to understand the power of agreement, it's huge. The reason we learn agreement with God is so we can learn agreement with each other based on the Word of God. We we need this power in our life, and I want to I want to really encourage you. You raise your hand today, and when we start singing, a couple of people are going to go through that door into the family room. You know, it's where the youth have church and MOPS have meetings, and men's meetings, and uh, and they're going to be there, and they're just going to make themselves available to get into agreement with you, to pray with you, to give you information, literature if you need it. Uh, to just find out, you know, what we can agree with. Do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. When we start singing, head for that door. Get in connection. Connect with these people and and let us walk this journey with you. Amen? (laughs) I I want everybody to just close your eyes and reach a hand towards heaven and just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I I need you. I receive you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. Change me from the inside out. Put the blood of Jesus upon my life. I'll serve you every day. Use my life for your glory. In Jesus' name. Come on.